coming up on NRL Teams. Hook, line and sinker. Have the Dragons lured the right man to revive the red thief? Will Kale and Ponga be rested as the Knights prepare to wrestle the Roosters with Sonny Bill Williams still the game's most intriguing attraction? And can the Panthers continue their charge towards a minor premiership as the Eels sweat on their star hooker's fitness? Yes, we'll have all the news ahead of the 100th Battle of the West between the Parramatta Eels and Penrith Panthers when the teams for Round 18 drop in a couple of minutes. Uh, Robbie Farrar, Brett Kamali, great to see you back in you, studio buddy. this yeah. week. We missed you. Did you have a great Father's Day? Had a good Father's Day, yeah. A uh, couple of bits of tag league in the morning, a uh, game of football and a nice barbecue at night. And Robbie, a great weekend? It was a good weekend. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to hear. All right, what are you happening? Uh, it was a good Monday for Anthony Griffin. Uh, he's going to be an NRL coach once again in 2021. He hedged out Dave Ferner and interim Dragons coach Dean Young to be named the Dragons coach from next year for the next two years. There's also an option in the Dragons' favour uh, for a third year there. But let's take a look at his coaching record. It's his third club. He started uh, with the Broncos in 2011, then finished with the Panthers uh, in sad circumstances in 2018. The stats that matter, he has a 55% uh, winning um, record. Uh, his overall finals record, four wins, five losses. But in those campaigns, six times in seven seasons, he's gone uh, to finals at NRL level. Noddy, uh, have they got the right man? Oh, he's got experience, definitely. And I think the Dragons need to start making semi-finals. They've only made it twice uh, since 2012. So that's got to be something the board will be looking for, some more consistency. Uh, you're right, his numbers are great. You know, I, 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 you find it, you know, the Broncos job, and we know the pressure you come under when you coach the Brisbane Broncos, you've come after Wayne Bennett, that's a pretty hard place to go. And Penrith Panthers, well, he, he was a part of all that those, that youth, the creation, and, and um, yeah, so he's got, got good success. And so what does this man have to do that, say, Paul McGregor didn't do with the Dragons so they have success in the next couple of years? Well, I think, and I heard him speak, um, I think, in his media release, it's all about consistency and bringing that to the club. And it's been a while since the Dragons have had that. Um, and he's a coach that, that has had that through his career, as you mentioned, uh, six finals appearances out of seven seasons, you know, a positive winning record over 50%. So, uh, you know, he brings that hard edge about him. He's, he's been renowned, you know, for that style of coaching. And, um, uh, you know, he's... I think the main goal is to bring consistency to a Dragon side that's been so inconsistent for many years. Does that start with resilience? Because they've made the semi-finals twice in eight years or seven years, but they've been a top four side for round ten on most occasions. And then we, we yeah. go through some recruitment. So obviously, No Frizzell, Graham, Isaac, Luke, and Owen Aiken never moved on at the end of this season. So you've got to get your recruitment right. Yep. Ben Hunt's future. Is it Broncos? Is it Dragons? And is it what position? Yeah. There's a couple of things I think I thought very quickly, Zach, when you posed the question. So he's an experienced coach, but he's got a, a, a few things to yeah, fix yeah. straight away. All right. Well, you guys have got to fix a few things when it comes to your weekly predictions as well. <laughs> Let's look back yeah. at the round 17 predictions. The Warriors could to continue their charge towards the finals and upset Parramatta. Parramatta with victory, 24-18. I agree with Robbie. Just add one to it because we like to get things wrong and just throw big darts everywhere. Zach Lomax will score a double this weekend as well in the last game on Sunday night. Do you play darts much down the local pub? Yep, just drum. 
I'll tell you what, I reckon, I reckon Grant Atkins heard our prediction. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not going there. I didn't say anything. He watches the show, that's all. Three points, James Tedesco. Yeah, he was just unstoppable against the Raiders on Saturday night. Uh, stole the show down there in what was so, supposed to be Sunny Bill's return. Uh, two points, Caelan Ponga. And by one point, the leading try scorer in the NRL, uh, David Nofaluma. Uh, he's just going outstanding in a, in a Tigers team that's been so inconsistent. But, you know, he's been the one shining light this season for them. Was Teddy your best in round 17? Teddy was my best in round 17. Uh, it's just ability to get first pass a lot of times, gets over the ad line. Um, great footwork. Um, he terrifies a defence, I think. Um, my number, my two points went to Caelan Pronger as well. Uh, I thought when he's, he came out with the right attitude, I suppose, for the Knights and was great. And James Fisher-Harris, the big front rower for, or the middle forward for Penrith, ran for over 200 metres and was pretty physical. So, um, yeah. Yeah, he's been playing great footy. Uh, and let's see if our Panther is still out in front on the MVP list. Just Nathan Ooh. Cleary. We, we said he was home and hosed about five or six weeks ago. That is certainly not the case. James Tedesco, nine votes in the last two weekends of footy. So he's flying with three games to go. Uh, it looks like it's a th three, maybe four uh, player race there. Alright, the teams are officially in for round 18. It all kicks off with the West Tigers taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, for the Robbie Farah Cup again this year. <laughs> Thursday uh, 7.50 at Bankwest Stadium. Believe it or not, no changes for the West Tigers, which has been a very rare uh, thing this year. Josh Reynolds and Russell, Pack Russell Packer uh, remain on the reserves list after they left Lotto Land at halftime of the Tigers' win against Manly. They missed a very uh, exciting second half of footy. All right, let's look at the Rabbitohs team sheet. Corey Allen takes the number one jersey off Alex Johnston, although he played fullback for most of the Bunnies' match against the Storm. Dane Gagai returns from a hamstring injury on the wing, which forces 20-year-old Jackson Paulo out of South Sydney 17. Liam Knight starts in place of Junior Totola, while Jed Cartwright is named to play his first game for the club and second game of his NRL career after joining the Rabbitohs from Penrith in July. Kian Kalamatangi is included on the bench but will need to pass the relevant testing this week after suffering the head knock in round 17. Noddy Moses and Bai, he's the Tigers captain, he's one of their highest paid players. Can you tell me why he hasn't been playing at fullback longer? Or earlier this year? I don't know. Obviously, the Tigers have continually changed their squad, trying to probably figure out what, who plays what position. Uh, Moses Zembai, um, I think he's a quality fullback. He's obviously a great talker. Uh, he's their captain as well, so he, he has to be in and around the ball. Um, they've, they've switched and changed quite a lot. Obviously, spent a lot of time at the Dogs as a fullback. He was obviously a former halfback, so he's a running halfback. So now he does that, sort of suits him being a fullback. He played a grand final at Hooker, but Robbie, is that his best position, fullback? I think he's still trying to figure out what his best position is, to be honest. You know, we've seen him come into uh, the NRL in the halves and then uh, went to fullback. He play, as you mentioned, played a grand final hooker and he's played left centre. He played centre at Origin last yeah. year as well. So I think um, probably to his own sort of detriment, he can cover a few positions and he kind of hasn't nailed down that one spot. And, you know, he's, he's a perfect utility to have, really. And that's why you saw him kind of get into the origin side last year because he's the ideal 14 at rep level. I guess this is, this is his biggest test uh, against the Rabbitohs. No doubt he'll get plenty uh, of high balls uh, from Adam Reynolds and the like. So Wayne Bennett says, uh, said last week, I don't think uh, we're too far behind the competition heavyweights, but we need to learn some lessons about ourselves. Robbie, what other lessons in the next three weeks that the Rabbitohs do have to learn so they can match it with the Roosters in round 20? 
and then into the finals. I thought they were really good on the weekend against Melbourne. I think they'll they'll take a lot, even though they lost that game. I think they'll take a lot out of it. Uh, yeah, you know, it was a very intense game. You know, I thought both teams, you know, were quite physical, and um, you know, I think South still adapting to Latrell Mitchell not being in the side. Uh, I think, and, and on the weekend, I heard uh, Wayne Bennett after the game. He said, "Yeah, you know, they beat themselves. South were playing against themselves, and some of the errors they came up with um, against the Storm really hurt them." Quite, quite badly, to be honest. Um, I think if they cut their mirrors out of their game, uh, they can compete against the best sides in the competition. So how close are they to the Melbourne, the Roosters, the Panthers? Yeah, extremely close. And Wayne Bennett coaches, you know, that high completion rate, the discipline, uh, don't concede many penalties. They beat themselves in the second half. You know, they had the game won in favour of yeah. Melbourne Storm. Uh, probably the best side in the competition at staying in their systems and backing themselves and believing themselves. So the Storm don't beat themselves when the game's on the line like probably what South Sydney did. They'll struggle to beat the top sides without the star fullback. Mm. I think the competition winners this year will be the team with the strongest roster when grand final day arrives. All right, well, two teams that won't be there on grand final day, the Canterbury Bulldogs and the Manly Seagulls, but they've both got plenty to play for in terms of pride on Friday night at 6pm. Let's start with the home side. There are a few changes for the Bulldogs. Rima Smith and Dallin Watene-Zelezniak form a new centre pairing. But the big news is Jaden Ockenbaugh is on the wing in what will be his first game of 2020. He was suspended for the first 14 weeks of the competition. Canterbury fans will be happy to see Jake Avarillo given his first NRL start at 5'8". Unfortunately, though, it comes at the expense of Kieran Foran, who has played his last game as a Bulldog after tearing his peck against the Titans. Aidan Tolman starts with Dylan Napa, expected to miss the rest of the year uh, with a knee injury. He should be right to go for origin. Luke Thompson is at lock, while Braden, uh, Brandon Wakeham and Suaso Sue have both been recalled to the bench. Let's look at Manly. There are two Trebojeviches on Manly's team sheet, but Tom isn't one of them. Jake and Tom's younger brother Ben has been named in Jersey 21 after Manly lost more troops last week. Albert Hopawati switches to the opposite wing with uh, George Tafua out for the rest of the year. The club confirmed today that he's had surgery on a ruptured Achilles and is facing a six-month rehab process. Abbas Miski has been named uh, to play his first NRL match of the year on the other wing. Kate Cust is in for Josh Schuster, uh, who was impressive in his debut but suffered a high-grade uh, syndesmosis injury, so his season is also over. Luke Metcalf is yet to play in the NRL but lit up the Perth Nines in the preseason. Uh, he's in Jersey 19. In other injury news, it looks like Dylan Walker's season is over. Uh, he won't run for a couple of weeks. But the club said their fingers are crossed for Turbo um, to play again this year. He's back uh, running with his teammates on the field. Uh, Robbie, you, you look at some of the names in there. We haven't seen much of them, but the likes of uh, uh, sorry, uh, Luke Metcalf and Tom Trebojevic after the debut of Schuster, is this what Manly have to look forward to and, and blood some of these young guns? Yeah, I think so. It's obviously now their, their season's over after the loss on the weekend to the Tigers and it's a perfect opportunity now to, to blood some of these young guys and give them a taste of NRL football so that they go into next preseason knowing what they need to do to, you know, to take their game to the next level. And as you said, um, Ben Trebojevic in the, in the uh, squad, Luke Metcalf, we saw Josh Schuster last week who I thought uh, played outstanding on debut as well. So, you know, exciting... Uh, times for Manly for these young young kids to get a start, but yeah, unfortunately it's all come about because um, yeah, this season's over now. So Noddy, next year, who should be Daly Cherry Evans' halves partner? Should it be Walker, Schuster, Foran, or Marshall? 
No, oh, well, there's going to be there's the two senior players that you can bring to your roster, which is Kieran Foran and Benji Marshall for experience. But they haven't got a they haven't got a young halfback. Daly Cherry Evans is the game manager. I. Josh Schuster looked great on the weekend. Looked so relaxed. Uh, I think it was a Benji that gave him a good rap yeah. about how probably the best debut we've seen from a young kid, especially in the halves. So you can't let go of some of these great young kids because you want to keep someone of senior quality. Um, and as you said, like Ben Travojevic, you've got uh, young Metcalf coming through. So Des Hazel's got his team with development coming through in the right system. The unfortunate thing for Kieran Foran, he's 30 years of age, but Benji's 35, I think. Um, so he's got age on him. He said... He's played 65 matches the last five years. He's become injury-prone, Kieran Foran. So do you take the injury-prone Kieran Foran or do you take the future and build a, a, new, a new team and a new, a new era for, the, for Manly? Last week we stood here, Robbie, and said that it wasn't a risk for a club to pick up Kieran Foran, but given he's now out with the latest injury, a pec injury, pretty mm. serious, is it now too much of a risk? Oh, look, at the end of the day, it comes down to dollars and cents, doesn't it? It's what you're picking him up for. And obviously at the moment, you know, he's on a big contract at, at Canterbury. So that comes with expectation. And uh, obviously uh, he's under the microscope every time he picks up an injury. But look, I still think if you pick up Kieran Foran um, at a decent price, uh, that's a risk you're willing to take. I know he's had a rough trot through injuries and, and things like that. But um, I, I think at the right price, you know, you still pick him up. It's great to see, uh, obviously, I think he's made comments after the match saying that he has a desire uh, to play on. So our thoughts are with Kieran Foran. Hopefully we see him playing again in 2021. What about this match, the late game on a Friday night? The Penrith Panthers, the league leaders, up against the Parramatta Eels in the 100th Battle of the West. The Panthers receive a boost with Isaiah Yo returning at lock. That means James Fisher-Harris returns to the front row and Kerb Capewell drops off the bench a week after making his return from a 12-week injury layoff. Ivan Cleary could have a headache leading into Friday night if Charlie Staines overcomes his hamstring injury in time to take on the Eels. He's in jersey 21. The question though, who does the coach leave out? Yesterday he was out, now Reid Marnie is back in. On Monday the Eels said that he was out indefinitely with a shoulder injury. But the good news is Marnie has been named for now with Brad Arthur declaring the hooker is touch and go for Friday night. Elsewhere Junior Paulo will play his 150th NRL match while Andrew Davey is back on the bench for Murata Niakore, who is missing with a rib injury. The Panthers lost to the Eels uh, back in round 5, 16-10. They were ahead uh, up until late in the second half. But how much have they developed as a footy side since that match? A lot, yeah, extremely. And confidence, obviously, is flying out at Penrith. Um, they're finding ways to winning. They've, they're getting rid of any defence deficiencies they've got because they've had the same, or well, nearly the same roster on the park for all the victories. It's probably the only team in the competition that actually has a full roster. Like, can you tell me a player that's injured at Penrith that would be in the starting side at the moment? Well, I believe all 30 players on their roster trained yesterday. Hmm. It's insane. And, and that's why they're going so well. That's why they've got... And they've developed the death internally. Uh, I don't know how they've got so lucky with the injuries or lack of injuries they've had. Um, you know, for Parramatta, Parramatta need to find a big scalp to get back into form. They're going horrendous at the moment. And as you said, Robbie, they, they probably should have lost to the Warriors last week. Reed Marnie has to be injured. To be indefinite yesterday and playing today, he's not 100%. There's no Dylan Brown. So for them to find confidence, it can come with a big scalp. It can. Uh, the Panthers, they've won 12 straight. And one Panther believes uh, they could go on an even bigger run.
I, I can't see us getting beaten by anyone if, if we play to our potential. So we don't need to lose. That's definitely not not an issue, I don't think. Um, so I think we definitely could keep on winning. And uh, like I said, if we get better every week, then there's no reason we can't go all the way undefeated. So Kurt Capewell, very confident there. How important is it in their last big test before the finals against another top four side to get this scalp and show everyone that they can do it? Yeah, I think um, you know, we've spoken earlier about how going into the finals you want to play against the best teams and you know they've got a couple of easier games in the next two weeks. So you know, they'll want to pick up uh, another scout this week in Parramatta and obviously a, a local derby as well. So you know, it's, it's going to be uh, you know, a pretty physical match. And, um, but look, it just goes to show, as you said, the, the confidence they've got in the camp and the momentum they've got. Momentum's such a big thing you know, when, when you're um, trying to win that premiership. Momentum and, and as Noddy said, injury-free. Yeah. They're so crucial you know, at this time of year when you want your best 17 on the park. Um, I don't think they need to lose a game. I think that's a bit of a myth where everyone says, oh, you know, you've got to lose a game to, to kind of uh, keep your, your feet on the ground. But look, I think they're just going about their business nicely. So what do the Eels have to do? Earlier this year, they were one of the premiership favourites. Everyone was talking them up, you know, are they going to end that drought? It goes back to 1986. Do they have to prove their worth again this week? I think they do, yeah. There's, there's a lot of question marks now over the Eels. Everyone's uh, put the red, red line through their name. And I think it comes down to two things. I think their attacks become a bit lacklustre. Uh, very predictable, especially in the you know, the opposition 20 uh, attacking the line. And you know, I think earlier in the year, you remember, they were building wins off their defence. Their defence was was rock solid. They were hardly conceding any points. And you know, we saw last week, um, you know, they conceded so many tries down their right edge uh, at, at ease, really. And then and the Warriors you know, poured on a few points against them and, and made a match of it as well on the weekend. All right, so can the Panthers make it 13 straight? Or can the Eels uh, beat them for the second time this year? They're the only team to beat the Panthers in 2020. You can find out by tuning into Nine, Foxtel, KO, Sky New Zealand, and using your Telstra Life Pass here. Uh, they're obviously flying, but who's the voice at Penrith Park? Who's the voice over the PA? I'm not too mm. sure. I don't know. Can does, he, does, does, he, it, does it sound familiar? It sounds familiar. It sounds very familiar. Can he go grand final day if they make it? Because you could be the secret weapon. I'll have to speak the to the bosses. They broke the record this year. Zach Bailey, ground announcer. They're chasing eight straight at oh, home. Oh, with Bailey. With Bailey. <laughs> All right, I've got to push on. It's not about me. It's about the Dragons and the Raiders on a Saturday afternoon. Obviously, uh, the Dragons, the big news there is Anthony Griffin will be their coach. But Dean Young is still in charge and will hand a debut to Cody Ramsey in his third last game in charge of the Dragons. A reminder that Ramsey is the player who also lit up the Nines earlier this year. Kate Ellis and Paul Vaughan form a new prop pairing with Josh Kerr and Blake Laurie dropping the bench. Vaughan's return from suspension means Tyrell Fuimaono is set to miss out on selection. Semi Valamai remains on the wing and Jordan Rappiner in the centres with Curtis Scott missing for another week. Josh Papali has been named a prop as he tries to prove he has overcome a shoulder injury that forced him off against the Roosters. Ricky Stewart said he won't play this week, but that hasn't stopped the Raiders coach from naming Sia Soliola in Jersey 21 as the veteran also pushes to return from several face fractures. So he knows he's not going to be the head coach next year, but how does Dean Young keep his group motivated uh, in matches against the Raiders, Knights and Storm to finish? Yeah, I thought they had chances to win last week. Obviously, I thought they beat themselves again. A side that would score a try and then make a few errors, so there's still a bit of a learning process. Um, some of these players are, are probably playing for their future. Uh, we know, as you said, Anthony Griffin is going to be the coach, but um, and even these days, contracts really don't mean a great deal to a new coach coming in. He can certainly sell you very quickly. 
Um, you know, I, I think they've had a troubled year, the Dragons. Obviously, they, they've changed change a coach and uh, you get a bit of a spike. That They've had lots of injuries and drama. So that you just got to try and say, OK, what's the best style of football we can play? And it's a good test this week because the Raiders will give you nothing. They're the, one of the best teams in the competition at an arm wrestle, the Canberra Raiders. But, Robbie, the uncertainty's over around the coach. They know it's not Dean Young. But they, they'll know the likes of Ben Hunt, as yeah. you mentioned, Corey Norman. They'll know that Anthony Griffin is watching them closely. Will we see the best out of them as a result of that? Yeah, well, as you said, now they know the coach is going to be. They're all playing for their futures. We've spoken about it with, with all the other clubs that have had coaches suck, you know, Barrett's going to be watching the dogs and Toddy Payton's going to be watching all the Cowboys players as well. So all of a sudden you've got these players at all these clubs around, around the NRL where you're playing for your future. Uh, a lot of the guys are off contract. So you know, the new coach is watching now and they're going to know that he's watching. So you know, they're going to want to put their best foot forward. Well, all right. Ricky Stewart reminded everybody in his post-match press conference that everyone wrote the Raiders off a few weeks ago. Hodgson went down. They lost <laughs> Corey Horsburgh. Uh, everyone said, no Noddy way. wrote the Raiders This off. man here Noddy said, no, no way. They, are they I gonna... stuck solid. They didn't win last week. They didn't, but... Uh... Well, hang on. Oh, we, we tried hard. We went well. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Wow. wow. He's Brutal. mocking them. So, He's mocking them. that's why I'm asking the question this way. Sticky, I hope you're watching that. <laughs> Can the Raiders win the comp from outside the top four? If they show that video of Noddy just mocking them, then I think they can, but... Look, I think... Um, look, it's, it's all well and good thinking they can. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's nice and fluffy, but... Look, I think... Look, the top three are the, the three teams that can win the, the comp, in my opinion. If if Look, I'll sit on the fence a bit because if there is a team that can win it from the bottom half of the eight, I think it's the Raiders. Because as Naughty said, they're great in the arm wrestle. And when it comes to those big matches, they, they had the experience from last year. They know what it takes to win the big games. And they're just a tough footy side. So if there's anyone that can grind out a win in the semifinals, out of, the, out of those top three, you know, the Roosters, uh, Panthers and Storm, I think the only side outside of that that can challenge those guys are the Raiders. They, they win last week if they're not playing... The Storm. The Roosters. Oh, the Roosters. Sorry. They, yeah. they win if they don't play. Because they've got the ability to grind. Uh, defensively, they only let three tries in against a side that normally scores 50 points. Um, yeah. You know, the forwards are great. You know, Ryan Sutton's been good. Papali's injury, they didn't play all the second half last week. So that sort of affects them getting back in. I think the key for the Raiders is obviously the 7 and the 6 have got to create some more attack. The 7 and the 6 have got to come up with 20 points for them to be a chance. Because the new competition's a 20-point ball game. With and their only defensive. try against the Roosters came off a bomb ricochet. Great touch from yeah, Bateman, Bateman, but it yeah. wasn't a structured play. Uh, I'll tell you what, we've, we've seen the evolution of uh, young Tom Starling. So he's come yeah. off the bench and then last week yeah. started the game and played really yeah. long minutes and that showed a lot of faith from Sticky leaving him out there against, against the defending premiers. So, look, I think his game's really evolved and yeah, he's starting to develop and, and bring something to the side that they've missed since Hodgson's been missing. He's a brave man. He also tried to take down Sonny Bill Williams in his <laughs> first hit-up and absolutely <laughs> nailed him. All right, let's look at the battle of South East Queensland on uh, Saturday at 5.30pm at Seabus Super Stadium. The Gold Coast Titans against the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, Bo Firma remains in the centres after he slotted uh, there uh, when Brian Kelly went off with an ankle injury against the Bulldogs. Firma will no doubt have his hands full, though, facing off against Katoni. Stags. Jared Wallace has been uh, great for the Titans in recent weeks and will be looking to continue his great form in his 150th NRL match. Milwaukee for the Waker returns to the front row, replacing Jamin Jolliffe, who will miss this week with an ankle injury. Keegan Hipgrave also starts, while Jai uh, Whitbread is back on the bench and Nathan Peets back 
on the reserves list. The Broncos lose two young guns from last week but welcome back their skipper after a horror run with injury. Alex Glenn is in the back row after nine weeks out with an injury. The Jamil Hopawadi is missing this week through suspension while Jordan Rickey has accepted a two-match ban. Ben Teo drops back to the bench alongside Xavier Coates who has been out with a foot injury and Joe Offerhangawi is back from suspension. Ethan Bullymore misses out. Now there is a small update on the coaching front at Brisbane. Broncos board member Darren Lockyer has told our reporter Joel Gould that they will have a new coach locked in by mid-October so he might have to wait five weeks but that full article is on nrl.com. The exciting news is for the last time we'll see David Fafita in Broncos colours against the Gold Coast Titans. He's been good but do you expect him to be great this week? I have a point to prove I think uh, playing against his uh, future teammates and it's a big game for both clubs. Another local derby uh, this weekend, uh, you know, Titans on the rise, Broncos trying to avoid the wooden spoon. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's something that you know, such a proud club up there is going to you know, try and avoid at all at all costs. So, uh, I think David Fafita will go out there with a really big point to prove this week. He weekend. went to school with some of the kids from the Gold Coast side. He did. Surely he, he might take the, it easy on no, the halves. No, 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 no. The pressure mates. now, he's under pressure enormously now because of the, so, the, the dollar figure yeah. in his contract. So we know he's a very special player. I think he'll, he's an athlete that can do things that not many other athletes or players can do. So he's very special. Just talk about the forward pack from, from the Titans next year. Like, Fodder yeah. Waker, I think he's been going great. And then you've got uh, Tino... He's coming home from the goal, uh, from the storm to the goal. He's starting to form a pretty good roster. Herman Sesi, yeah. if Jared Walls keeps his form up, if they re-sign Kevin Proctor, yeah, Br- Brimson, you got Brimson's the Brett Kamali out of retirement to play off the back of that pack. You'd love it. No, no, they, I think they're, they're going okay. They're going. I, can you play second line these days? Yeah, yeah sure. You play sweeper role. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like the old but they're, they're building a good side. If Fafita, you know, he's gone to school with all those blokes. He, he's he signed them. He'll want to put a statement. The, the two battle the front rowers. You know, Payne Haas against Fodder Waker is going to be really good. Big bro- who is big brother and little brother these days? Well, that's well, that's the question mark. Well, now, isn't it? I was going to ask. So the Broncos won seven straight leading into 2018. They've lost three of their last five. There's so much hype around the Titans. All dismal at Red Hill at the moment. So. Will that play on Brisbane's mind this week? What's that? The, the fact the that fact they, they may not be considered big brother anymore. Oh, definitely. I think they'll take that personally. I think they've always been known as that main Brisbane club or Queensland club. And I think that title is, uh, is now under a big question mark. You know, they've, they've had a couple of lean years now. Uh, there's a lot of upsides of the Titans going into the next 12 months. And, you know, they've just got the prior signing of, of David Fafita, which, which I think sent a, a really strong message. You know, that was a massive win for the Titans and a massive dagger in the heart of, of the Broncos club and all their fans. So, look, I think you know, that title for big brother, little brother is up for grabs this weekend. The, the aura of the Broncos is gone. The, the aura that the Broncos used yeah. to have is gone. Like, they were the number one franchise in the competition. They'd buy one or two star players every couple of years. They'd compete, they'd compete and win premierships. Well, everyone wanted to go there, didn't yeah. they? Like, if you were a Queensland kid, you wanted to play for the Broncos. But now you've just got the best young player in Queensland who's saying, I don't want to play for the Broncos, I'm going to go to the Titans. If you were still playing and you got offered to go to... I'd never go to Queensland. Why not? (laughs) Because I'm a New South Wales fan. All right, we've got to push on. Uh, The late game uh, on Saturday, uh, the Roosters against the Knights. Saturday, 7.35 at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Roosters 5'8", Luke Keary will play his 150th NRL game as he chases a fourth premiership. That's remarkable given how many games he's played. Jake Friend's return will help if... Kiri, in Kiri's quest to um, have a win in his milestone match, the co-captain come back 
uh, forces Freddie Lussick out of Trent Robinson's 17 despite the young gun making 66 tackles against the Raiders last week. And SBW remains in Jersey 17. Caitlin Ponga isn't on the Knights team sheet after floating the idea earlier this week. Adam O'Brien has decided to rest his star fullback. Tex Hoy is the Knights' new number one, while Edric Lee also returns from a broken arm suffered in round eight. That forces Stafford Toa to shift to the opposite wing with Homel Hunt rested. Herman SES is at lock with Mitch Barnett also on ice this week. Phoenix Crossland uh, needs to pass HIA protocols to take his spot on the bench alongside Daniel Saifidi, who is slated to return from a few weeks out with an injury. Sione Matautia is also a chance of coming back from an ankle injury. He's on the reserves list, as is Pasami Solo, who served a one-match ban last week. There was so much hype uh, around Sonny Bill Williams' return, but Noddy, uh, Robbie, rather... The Roosters have missed Victor Radley in that ball-playing lock role uh, since he went down in round seven. Is that the role that Sonny Bill Williams will warm into over the next few weeks? Yeah, I think it was a, an easy way to introduce him back into the game. He didn't play long minutes, but I think in the middle of the field you probably don't get exposed as much, especially defensively as well. And yeah, He's got some great footwork and, and leg speed and, and ball-playing ability. I think we saw Angus Crichton at times play in the middle of the park as well. So, look, I think they've struggled to replace uh, Victor Radley, who's been that link between the forwards and, and the halves this year. And um, you know, I think between, you know, and we and we spoke about Sonny not playing long minutes. I, I don't think he's going to come in and, and really influence his side uh, to that sort of extent. I think what you're going to see is is that little bit of quality out of him, and you want the ball in his hands as much as you can while he's on the park. And I think you can get that when he's in the middle of the field. It'd be pretty good in three weeks' time when he's got a bit more match fitness and it's yeah. come semi-final time. So they've they've done it right by resting him and waiting because he's he looked unfit. Yeah. He did a lot of support roles. He did a lot of that middle forward role, so he's very unselfish. But, um, but is that his best position? Not not just taking the carries on the edge or in the middle, but actually... Oh, I think he's, he's probably turned himself into a middle forward, and that's probably the, the, yeah. what the Roosters need. Um, Tupanua is going unbelievable. Mm. Mm. And Boyd Corden is yeah. equally great on the other edge. So they've got their two edges locked up, and even uh, Angus Crichton can go to an edge. So I think Sonny's literally become that player 13 that might be off the bench or, or play through the middle. Great late footwork. Still got the offload. He's right in the first hit up the offload from him. And then he's going to be able to lock up the middle. And he won't have to make the defensive decisions because he hasn't played the rugby league for a long, long time. Edge defender is a very and, important position. And it becomes a bit of a headache too when, when everyone's fit. Who misses out with Sonny coming back into the Roosters side? Tough like, problem, isn't it? You've got Mitch Orbison, <laughs> you know, who's not in the 17 yeah. this week, who's been a stalwart for that club as well. So, look, I, and I think yeah, Sonny needs to get up to speed too because, you know, in two or three weeks, if his match fitness... You know, isn't where it needs to be. Like, does does he make the 17? Like, you know, because you're getting to the big games as a player that hasn't played NRL for six years, and like on the weekend you got 12 minutes at him, but he was completely gassed. Yeah. Now I know he's going to get better, and he and he will. He's going to get a lot more match fit, but look, it's a it's a big headache for uh, for Trent Robinson to have. When he got taken off, it was almost like he looked up to the big screen to see how long he'd last. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, oh, thank God, it's only 13 oh, minutes. Mate, when you're out there and you're gassed, <laughs> that clock it just goes so slow. It felt too. like he probably played a full game. Yeah, his roles obviously changed having not played in the NRL for six years. But what yeah. about James Tedesco's role over the last month? He's playing a lot more in the front row, uh, front line. Okay. Uh, he's already the game's best player, but is he more dangerous now than ever? Well, he's more dangerous because you don't really know where he's going to get the ball anymore. You know, when you're a fullback, you can rely on getting the ball out the back and, and trying to defend where the shape and that's coming. He obviously moved himself into the front front line with when Luke Keary was struggling a, a little bit and out injured, and then Kyle Flanagan probably didn't know who the halves were. 
As soon as you know what he's very, very clever, James Tedesco, about recognising a quick play of the ball. This try comes on the back of a quick play of the ball, so the defence is going backwards or standing still, and his pace off the mark is unbelievable. But he's obviously must be extremely powerful as well because he breaks a lot of tackles. So getting first ball when the defence is going backwards, that's just a trigger from a good player to go. You don't need shape and structure when the defence is stranded. And he is primed for the back end. Surprise, surprise, the business mm-hmm. end of the mm-hmm. season. Another player that looked primed on the weekend, Caelan Ponga, not there this week. Robbie, the right mm. call or a bold call to rest him? I think it's the right call. I think um, Newcastle know they can't make the top four and I think their spot in the eight is cemented now uh, after that win on the weekend. So, look, I don't think... Uh, as bad as it sounds, I don't think the result this weekend is that important to them against a, a really strong Rooster side. I think Adam O'Brien's looking at you know, what's coming up in the next few weeks and he wants Caelan Ponga fresh and at his best for those games. So, look, I think he's almost put a line through this game this weekend going, OK, well, this game's not as important as the ones coming up and I want Ponga ready to go for those. So, yeah, he looked busted at the end of the game on the weekend. All right, the man that fills his shoes, Tex Hoy, played seven straight matches from rounds three to nine, only one at full-back, so he hasn't played for nine weeks. Is it a risk throwing him in with no match fitness over the last, say, nine weeks at fullback. Well, I'm not too sure. They obviously had huge wraps on him in the off-season because there was rumours that he was going to be the 5'8 outside Mitchell Pearce. So they were, they were going to pick him. He's done a full off-season. You're right. It must be so hard for these fringe players or the, or the players not playing regularly because there's no Canterbury Cup anymore, no reserve-grade matches to get match fit. And you can only do so much fitness. Fitness on the park's not the same as playing football week in, week in. And he's going to have to play the fullback position, which means you're going to run a lot further. You're going to have to turn up on plays. Um, you probably get a rest defensively. Um, double, the, double the running metres. And big test against the Roosters. Also a big test this weekend for the Cowboys as they take on the Melbourne Storm who have been in uh, great touch in recent weeks with Cam Munster and Cam Smith back. Sunday 4.05pm on the Sunshine Coast. No Ryan Pappenhausen though. He's out this week with an Achilles issue. We're not sure how long he'll be out for but it'll be a big blow if he's not back in the next couple of weeks. Nico Hines fills in at fullback with Suliasi Vunivalu named to return at least two weeks early from a broken jaw. Nelson Asifa Solomona is a big and timely in up front. He's back from a calf injury as Christian Welsh accepted a one-match ban. Riley Jacks comes back onto the bench and could be joined by Tui Kamakamika, who hasn't been seen since round two on March 21 after being plagued by a back injury. Let's look at the Cowboys. There's some stability for the Cowboys, but there's still no Jason Tamalolo on the team sheet. He could be back next week, though, as he tries to recover from a calf injury. The only change from Sunday is Gavin Cooper has been named to start with Tom Gilbert on the bench, although they were named that way last Tuesday and swapped on game day. Cohen Hess has been overlooked. So Ryan Pappenhausen, a big blow. We don't know how long he will be missing for, but he seemed to take the pressure off Cam Munster in recent weeks, given he had to fill kind of that playmaking role when Munster was out. Is Munster going to be the man again for Melbourne this week, taking charge of their attack? Yeah, look, I think it would just be like clockwork for Melbourne, to be honest. They, they seem to go out there, go about their business week in, week out, no matter who's in the side. And uh, Pappenhausen's been outstanding for them. He was, he was a star last weekend as well. And... Again, similar to the Ponga situation, I think if there is a bit of a niggle, you know, Bellamy wants him at his best for the for the big games coming up. So, and when you got someone like Nico Hines, who's proven that he can do the job when he comes into the side, sitting there waiting, well, then you take that opportunity to, to give Pappenhausen a rest. And um, well, I think you know, this will this will just be a, a same same old business for the Storm this weekend against the Cowboys. What about the Cowboys? The Monkeys off the back after nine straight uh, losses. Will they just play carefree footy now and? Th- 
throw caution to the wind. Well, they can, yeah. It'll be confidence for them. Like, obviously, winning a game of football, the excitement of extra time. Val Holmes nails the field goal. They, they buzz in the train and they're a bit more upbeat. Uh, they know who their coach is now. There's all that uncertainty gone. So, uh, again, they've made it really hard for themselves, uh, similar to the Dragons. Like, they looked like they were going to win and then they dropped the ball and let the opposition back. They concede a try. So, they'll have to be a lot better in an arm wrestle, uh, considering the Melbourne Storm will be quite happy to go on an arm wrestle, kick to the corner, be nice and patient and give you nothing. Um, so, yeah, they... They've got no pressure on them. There's no, there's a, a no care factor, but they'll have to be a lot better than what they were last week. All right. The Sharks will have to be a lot better when they take on the Warriors. Both teams fighting to keep their season alive beyond round 20. Sunday, 6.30pm at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. The Sharks will be without Chad Townsend, but John Morris does get... Sean Johnson back from a hamstring injury after missing the last three weeks. Connor Tracy has been preferred to Braden Trindle in the halves. And there's another backline boost with Sione Katoa back on the wing. There's a number of changes on the bench with Andrew Fafita, Jack Williams and Teague Wilton all coming in as part of the all-forward rotation. Let's look at the Warriors. On loan Eels duo George Jennings and Daniel Alvaro return after sitting out last week as per their contract arrangements not to face the team they are loaned from. Isaiah Papali'i has earned a promotion as start up front with Lachlan Bird dropping to the bench and Josh Curran falling out of the game day 17. Uh, given he had a hammy injury and uh, now he's going to miss three weeks, Chad Townsend would have played 53 minutes in nine weeks and then be thrown into the finals in week one if the Sharks make it. How effective can he be off the back of that? Well, you, you, the, probably the big thing will be whether he plays in the finals. So this is the biggest grand final. This is a grand final in round 18 because if the Warriors cause an upset, then they're still in contention to, to make the top eight. The Sharks will go ahead and play the Roosters next week and the Canberra Raiders on the last round without a couple of quality plays. The Warriors play the Raiders, definitely, and I think they play the Dogs. They've got the Raiders and Seagulls. So you think if they can win this weekend, there's a chance they can mm. beat the Seagulls, and it goes down to the big chase. Chad Townsend, I think, would have to feel like he's under enormous pressure. You know, Sean Johnson has shown that he's the seven for the Sharks this year. Uh, he's in, I think he's Sean Johnson's in career best form as the seven. Uh, Connor Tracy's going very, very good for him. He's a good support runner, a great defender. Um, I, would, I would think... It, the coach would find it pretty hard to pick Chad Townsend when finals one arrives after missing that amount of games and then being out for the next three weeks. Do you agree? Well, if you've won a few games going into the finals too, do you change a, change a winning, winning side? So, yeah, I, I, I think it's a, um, it's a tough one for, for Chad Townsend and, and a big decision for, for John Morris. But like Noddy said, I think um, you know, this, this is a semi-final this weekend because they can either end the Warriors season or they can really put themselves under pressure if they don't come out and win this game. Chad Townsend's hit on Caelan Ponga seemed to, uh, I guess, highlight the frustration from the Sharks that balled over a couple of times against the Knights. Is that a reflection of them as a frustrated side at the moment? They never seem to be happy with the performance. Yeah, I, th I think so. It was a, as you said, it was a bit out of character for, for Chad Townsend and, and the other lifting tackle with Wade Graham and, and uh, Toby Rudolph wasn't pretty either. So, uh, as you said, I, I think a lot of these do boil down to, to frustration because... Uh, especially for Chad Townsend, that was completely out of character for him. And he's, he's handled it well. He was on the front foot yesterday speaking about it once he copied his band. So hats off to Chad Townsend. He's one of the good guys in the game. But the Sharks there, they don't look too happy down mm. in the Shire. Uh, I spoke to Todd Payton at length last week about the disappointment of losing Blake Green. But he said one of the real positives out of that has been the growth of Chanel Harris-Tavita. Yeah. Is he the future of the Warriors at, at halfback or at 5'8"? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, you've... He's now been... 
you know, 18 months, two years into an NRL career, so he understands he's been dropped a few times, so he's got to have some resilience. He's got to understand the good times as well, which is what they're under now. I feel like Toddy Payton, as you said, Toddy Payton uh, is a quality coach. We, we, you know, he's done a great apprenticeship. He seems to make sides um, successful. Uh, he was probably the biggest halfback to ever play the competition, so I think he'd be a good assistance for Chanel. And as you said, he's starting to develop and grow. It's hard to expect kids to come in and say, you know, Sean Johnson left last year, and then you hand the keys to this kid and go, oh, can you run the side for us? They're one or two gamers or five games. It takes you 20 mm. to 30 games to even understand what NRL is all about. And again, this year, it's all changed again. Yeah, and then Cody Nicarima and Chanel Hastavita never played together. Yeah. With Blake Green there, they were always chopping and changing. So impressive signs from both of them. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, I've been impressed with um, Chanel. You know, I think his left foot king game on the left side of the field and his toughness in yeah. defence. I think we've seen him you know, really aim up in D, rushing out of the line a couple of times to try and lift his side and put a shot on, which is not something you normally see from a halfback. Maybe maybe Noddy back in his day, but they'll have to keep, um, they have to keep the one too. The rumours, yeah, you know, the, the, yeah, one, yeah. the one's pretty important to that spine, isn't it? Like he he does some things that not many other guys can do. But but the Warriors for me, like the, the improvement in them for me. What we saw on the weekend was down 16 nil against the Parramatta side. The Warriors of the past would have just caved in mm. with every reason just to give up, really. But you know they, they toughed it out for 80 minutes. They got themselves back in the game, you know, and their resilience and you know just their toughness was something that we haven't really seen from a Warriors side of the past. So, you know, I think there's some really good signs there for the Warriors moving forward. Todd Payton, a big loss uh, for the Warriors, a big game for the Cowboys next year. Of course, you can catch all the action from Round 18 by tuning in to our broadcast partners, Nine, Foxtel, KO, Sky New Zealand, and of course using your Telstra Live Pass here across NRL.com and the NRL app. All right, my favourite favorite time of the week, <laughs> apart from when we replay them next week, um, your predictions. I'll, I'll, I'll change it up and go with oh. you to start us off this week. I'm going to go the three R's, we'll win by 13 plus. Rabbitohs, Raiders, Roosters. Yep. Okay. Oh. Triple barrel. Just make it easy for yourself. Yeah. Now you've changed it up. So we've changed the order. We, okay. We're going to get a victory. I'm going simple here. I'm going uh, Broncos, Titans. It's going to Golden Point. I don't know who's going to win, but it's going to go to Golden Point. Okay. Do I have to pick a winner? Yep. No, oh, hang on. Well, you just told you me just, just told to go to keep it, yeah. keep no, it just, one. Just testing you. Uh, produ- I blame producer oh. on the oh. Oh. Golden and point. I picked the uh, no, I won't go. I there. picked the ground announcer to be best on ground at Penrith Park. What's no. the out there? Panther Stadium. Panther Stadium. Sorry, please. Mm. So. Can't wait for it. All right. Also, can't wait for Inside the NRL next Monday uh, from 5 p.m. with Katie Brown, Michael Chamis, and Jamie Soward. Yesterday's episode had uh, Peter Sterling, Channel 9 commentator and Eels legend. So if you're an Eels fan, uh, you can catch that one on NRL TV. Uh, that's us for the week. You have a good week. Any more SW23 cologne for us this week? Or? <laughs> oh, was it that good? Yeah, it's oh, oh, right. Loved it. Oh. You, had some, you got some as well? Got it in the mail? I just did the acting, mate. I didn't even get a bottle. Obviously, Robbie took a bottle. Warning in home. a bottle. Did you take what more? Could you want? What more could you oh. want? Warning in a bottle. <laughs> We're going to leave it there. What a man. Get ourselves in trouble. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>